I'm Steve. I'm Steve Fierro of Awaken Mind Podcast, and this is Freedom Broadcasters Weekly Live Saturday Show. And I'm honored to welcome our featured guest today, Kevin Jenkins. Kevin is a passionate and powerful speaker and a career champion for human rights and the Black community. He is the founder of Urban Global Health Alliance, which is on a mission to educate, unindoctrinate, and empower urban communities and their leaders to create effective public policy that safeguards rights to health equality. As Kevin often states, building healthy bodies builds healthy societies. Kevin has also become a truth warrior and is out to level the playing field and expose the hidden agendas, lies, corruption, inversions of truth, and continuous divide and conquer psyops that oppress society and the world today, now more than ever. Kevin's voice and message of awareness and action to defeat modern day slavery is infectious and resonates truth and authenticity, something that's extremely rare today. And we're grateful to have him on our show. Kevin, thanks for being with us today. Oh, thank you very, very much. I'm humbled that you asked me to be a part of this wonderful panel talking about freedom, talking about truth. And I got to tell you, that was a great introduction. You know, I get when you talk about those things openly, I'm like, wow, am I really doing that right now at my age? (laughs) You know, at my age, I thought I would just be playing golf and trying to do as little business as possible. But, you know, when God calls on you and he talks to you and tells you it's time to take action to, you know, help people around the world to understand what freedom is. Um, I just took, you know, I understand that I have a responsibility to take it very, very serious. And to be on this panel talking to you is just a part of that journey, a part of that spiritual journey. You know, at Urban Global Health Alliance, it's really interesting. We're going on our one year anniversary. And, you know, when I think of one year, I've been all over the country talking to people everywhere, talking about not just their fears, but talking about their hope and talking about how we can build a better future for us all around the world, linking all around the world, no matter what color we are. So when you think about urban, where we all live in urban cities, right? When you think about global, it was our vision to seek out everywhere, seek out anybody in the world that t- understood freedom, understood body sovereignty, you know, understood what you know religious freedom is, understand that breathing is a, a right, that you know God is essential in our lives and our relationships with our family are paramount. And then when you think about global, the alliance part of it, the health part of it, global health alliance, the health part of it was essential. You know, I mean, when you build a healthy society, when you build a healthy body, you build a healthy community, you have a healthy society. And the alliance part is what we're doing right now, linking together. So we thought about this name. It's a tongue twister sometimes, Urban Global Health Alliance. Sometimes when I'm saying it, I have to get it in my mind. Say it right, Kevin. It's long. But it's important that everybody understands that the name has a purpose and the people that helped to build it, our team at Urban Global Health Alliance that helped to build it, understood that one thing was essential. Truth was essential, building relationships around the world, talking about what freedom was. And basically, we just put our lives on the line. We just put our bodies on the line for humanity. So I'm very, very pleased and humbled to be here this morning. Um, I wasn't going to miss this for anything in the world. I was traveling. And, you know, I don't know the time zones as well as you do. And I kind of panicked. And Tara, um, one of our partners at Urban Global Health Alliance, said, it's 9 a.m., you idiot. <laughs> so I kind of, you know, understood that I needed to make sure I was on time. So thank you very much. Oh, it's great for you to be here. My screen was frozen, so I was flipping out. I couldn't okay. um, see my thing. Yeah. Um, well, so, you know, you're boots on the ground. Um, you're speaking nationwide. You're about educating on indoctrinating. I mean, from your experience, 
and your perspective, do you see progress and hope that, you know, the new world order tyranny can be ended and stopped, that people are waking up? Well, you know, certain days I feel very, very hopeful because I'm talking to people like you. Um, certain days, you know, I'm very alarmed about what's going on. But, you know, we, we're taking a different position this year. We're going to be not just talking about hope. We're going to be talking about action. We're going to be talking about standing up against this tyranny. We're not going to be keyboard warriors. I think we all understand, you know, the science and what they have done to us. This new scientism that's being created, no longer based on truth and fact. I think we understand that their reset is real simple to wipe us out, to become God, you know, to impact, I mean, really take our humanity away from us, take our soul away from us. So this year, we're going to be singular focus. We're going to be linking with everybody around the world and talking about what kind of world do we want? What kind of world do we need? How do we challenge ourselves to be better global citizens? Not, not worrying about how it happened, but how do we build a new world to push back against their strategy to wipe our humanity, push back on their strategy to engage in transhumanism and wipe out our connection with each other, our connection with our children, our connection with our families, but most of all, our connection with God. They now want to be our God. They want to stop us from traveling. Just a year ago, they said that was a conspiracy, right? Now they, we're talking about them experimenting on their bodies. Just a year ago, they said that was a conspiracy. So everything that we're doing is truthful. Everything that we're doing is honest and is based on principles and is based on values that are very clear. We are not going to sit back. We are going to enact a change. We're going to create a change narrative and we're going to be working together with people around the world like you. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, children and people are being forced to be tested and vaccinated in schools. And, you know, do you have you come across anything that can people can take their constitutional and common law rights and somehow just say, I decline, I do not consent? Or, or if, if this is a mandate, is, is there is there no way to avoid it? Well, even if it's a mandate, here's, here's the thing that I'm challenging. You know, we form the government, we elect the government, we finance the government. Now, how are we displacing our power and giving them all the power? So if you talk about the PCR test, I think we've done a lot of work, you know, analyzing, telling everybody in the world that the PCR test is a fraud. But at Urban Global Health Alliance, we've just partnered with a number of doctors and scientists to clearly outline put a very specific you know, um, process together that shows finally that the PCR test is not a test that should be used the way that it's being used. And it's now being used to trick us into this whole narrative that the whole country, the whole world is sick. So now all of the great doctors of our time have outlined that the creator of it said it should not be used this way. But because we've given our rights and given our freedom and given our lives to our government, which we should be controlling, they are now using that to lock us in our houses. Oh, if you're if if you if you don't have any symptoms and it's is a positive, oh now you are now a problem for everybody in the earth. You should lock yourself in the house. I think we've done a poor job. I think you know we have settled for this and we should be pushing back against this. I don't have to wait for anyone in this panel to tell me anything. I'm going to fight for my humanity and fight for my rights. So here's the government that we form, that we we finance telling us what to do and we're settling for it. That's illogical to me. We have to keep these things simple. You know, once we, we make it complex, it's real simple. We know now they have locked us in the house for 18 months. We know now the education cartel is destroying our children. 
We know now the global elite want to become God. They want to dictate and now commoditize on our bodies and make our bodies to profit centers for their wealth and their power. We know that now. We know all of the people that have been part a party to this. So what are we doing? Sitting down and still trying to figure that out a year later? We know what they did into, in, in the hospitals to our people. We know that they're therapeutics to make us unhealthier. We know that it's 99.9% .9 recoverable. We know that it's open. What are we talking about here? What are we really doing here? We're still analyzing that? Do you know that none of us have had the opportunity to debate this with our government? We've had not, we've not had the opportunity to debate this in a global way with other people that are saying things opposite than us. So what are we doing here? So this year, Urban Global Health Alliance, it's about getting off our butts and taking back the world that the, taking back this world, but creating a new world. We don't want to go back to normal where we were lazy, not paying attention, just complying, you know, thinking that everything was going to be all right. No, we're not doing that this year. We really mean what we say. You know, a healthy body, a healthy community as a healthy society. And if you're a healthy society, we wouldn't be allowing this to happen. We've all been in silos everywhere in the world. All of you are all around the world right now. And we've been in silos. One thing that COVID did do, it stopped us from being in silos. We're now talking to each other so we can build a better world together if we do that. No matter what color you are, no matter what race you are, no matter what tribe you are, you know, you have black Americans in this country are being conned about this whole narrative of race without understanding that the global elite is using that to wedge us against each other, right? Now, if you really wanna have a conversation about race, let's do that, but let's also talk about what's happening in those black communities for the last 60 years. We gotta be honest about that. Like, don't worry about the barbarian at the gate, worry about the barbarian inside the gate. The churches that were closed for third, uh, uh, a year, now they're open. They're open because they're taking money from Big Pharma. They're now pushing the eugenics agenda 2.0. They're now telling black Americans, it's all right to turn your bodies back over to the same corporations that controlled you, the same corporations that owned you, the same corporations that commoditized your black body to build this country that I live in today. So now that's frightening. That is frightening that black churches, black, black leaders, pseudo intellectuals, you know, the education cartel around the country that basically is controlled by black people in large cities, that they're doing that to their children, they're doing that to their community, and they're doing that to us as a people. So we have to link together and we have to start telling our stories no matter what they say, because we know they're not seekers of truth. You know, I could talk about this all day. I get fired up when I think about it, that right now, yeah. Margaret Sanger, eugenist, really knew what she was doing when she paid off you know, Du Bois, when she paid off Bethune, when she paid off the churches, when she paid off the intellectuals, pseudo-intellectuals. She knew what she was doing. She is rolling over it in hell saying, those black people never got it right. And now it's extended into your country. Now it's extended into your community. Now it's extended into your household. And guess what? Your children are not gonna come out of this in a normal way if we don't fight back. Yeah. How important do you think it is for people to understand what's going on today, to understand that there, there's a, a, that eugenics has never died and that it was alive and well and the extermination of the black race was planned in 1921 by Margaret Sanger or the elites. I mean, is that a, is that a critical element to understand the past, to understand now? Well, you can't, I mean, all of the things that we're seeing done now was done in the past. The same groups, right, are doing it again. They're challenging humanity. They're challenging society. 
when you think about never again, when you think about what happened to the Jewish community and what's happening in Israel now, when you think about what has happened historically to the black community and the black community now that's actually participating in this really massive way, um, you know, to push eugenics 2.0, when you think about how the media and how all of these people are now partners with these industries, big tech, big pharma, the finance industry, and how they're going to trap us and commoditize out every movement that we take moving forward if we don't fight back, we've seen this before. The difference is those people that saw it in the 1930s, right? They fought against it. They crossed the river to fight injustice, right? We have to understand, are we prepared to cross that river right, to fight for the injustice of our time? Or are we prepared to put our bodies on the line? Or are we prepared to put our families on the line? Or are we prepared to do that? And that's what I'm looking at, looking for. I'm looking for the people that are prepared to do that. I'm not looking for the people that are complying. You know, I have a thing I always say to my partners. I said, if you comply, you die. And it's a fact. Yeah. History will tell you that. Yeah. So I'm not going to be arguing with people that are complying. I'm going to be working with people that are pushing back against this tyranny. And history is a marker. You know, when you talk about smallpox, when you talk about all of those things, you talk about how that was used to destroy the Indians. If you talk about the a consistent um, experimentation of black Americans in this country, I mean, you've got to know that this has been done before. But here's the, here's the issue. We had leaders at that time fighting for us. Are we going to be the leaders fighting against them? Because they fought against us. That's why we're free. So what are you going to do in your country? How are we going to link together in your countries? Because that's what we should be doing. Yeah, I get a little preachy on this thing, so I could. Do well, this I mean, we're, we are we are the answer. We are the savior. We've all been waiting for. It's it's up to us individually to stand up, and that's what I believe. So um, I could talk all day about the, the past and and what's going on now and your awakening because whenever for all of us we have that moment when we realize everything we've been told is a lie. And I sort of would love to hear that, but I'm going to pass the baton to whoever takes it, and maybe we'll get to that. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Chris? Uh, yeah. or, or whoever? Chris, go on. Uh, hi, Kevin. Uh, I see the passion is back again, so that's a good thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> loving it already. <laughs> well, you know, uh, sometimes my, my partners will say, I'll try to be very calm and intellectual. And I get off. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember there about 15 minutes ago, just before we pressed the live button. I'm going to remain calm. Everyone's going to be okay. Boom, into that passion. It's really, I love it. It's great. That's, that's, it shows a lot. It's perfect. Thank you. I appreciate it. What I just small bit on is, um, is obviously not only do we have the so-called you know pandemic last year, still continuing into this year, but what's also eroded out of that as well was the, the whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement, right? I'm talking to whites, blacks, all sorts here at the moment as well. And they still can't wrap their head around this Black Lives Matter movement. I said it's a it's a Marxist political destructive organization. It's, yes, Black Lives do matter, but not in the sense under the guise that they are actually doing it. As we know, it's like preaching to the convert here. You know they're massively backed by George Soros. I mean, he's only one of the players in a bigger game that's going on. But what, what it's actually doing is it's going back to the separation, the divide and conquer tactic again. And nobody, I won't say nobody, but a lot of people are not seeing this. A lot of blacks have woken up to it, which is fantastic but a complete destruction of it. And if so many NFLs, football games here in England and all sorts around the world are still getting down in their knees to this Marxist, I call them a terrorist organization as to what they are. So my question to you is how, 
as, as a black person, do you, do you kind of talk to other folks and kind of say, like, how disgusted I suppose or what are your thoughts on it, that these Black Lives Matter movement organizations out there pushing this agenda under the guise of we're actually standing up for legit racism, which they're not. Uh, and people are kind of swallowing this hook, line and sinker across the globe. And they have has been well publicized, pushed by the narrative of Silicon Valley. Well, you know, let me just say this to you. I don't subscribe to any group that says they're against the traditional family. Mm. And I don't subscribe to any group that says Black Lives Matter. I don't even understand what that means. That's like me asking you for permission to exist. Mm. I believe Black lives have value. Let's start there. And this whole notion that Black Lives Matter represents the Black community or the struggle in the Black community is actually delusional. I'm not, we're not monolithic as Black Americans. So what you see is, this organized group that has taken the banner of my blackness and wrapped this around, wrapped this around a global discussion about what they think is race and not, not racial. They don't have any idea what they're doing and any idea what they're talking about. And guess what? Majority of the black community around the world doesn't subscribe to that whatsoever. I dare say it's white lives matter instead of black lives matter. Because, you know, these young kids that we sent off to college are, have lost their minds. So they don't know what struggle is. You know, they don't know what it means to really, like what segregation really means. They don't know what slavery really means. They don't have a global historical compass, right, to have a deeper conversation with all of us about what it means to be black in the world. And see, and here's the deal. I don't buy into victimhood. Never will in my life. I believe that we were kings and queens and leaders of the world. And when we came here in the bottom of the ship, we were still kings and queens and we had to define a different life for ourselves because of the chattel slavery that was upon us. But we all crossed that river, like I said, and we all joined together and we built strong communities. But that went away because we went away from the idea that we need to be economically empowered. We need to understand God and we need to build community like all the rest of us are doing. So Black Lives Matter is not an institution that brings value to the bigger narrative that's happening in the world right now. I don't even understand what it's for. It doesn't change any policies. It doesn't work on anything. So I'm about black lives have value. So if they were really concerned about black lives, take out the matter, right? The genocide that's occurring in our communities all around this country and all around this world, right? They should, they should be having deeper conversations about that. Not taking isolated situations and then trying to build on that and then trying to really confuse all of us that they're really concerned about the plight of the black American. I, I mean, really concerned about the prison industrial complex, really concerned about the welfare system that we brought into that destroyed our community, why we don't have any ownership as of today. So they don't have any, like they don't have a purpose for me. And I dare say if anybody on Black Lives Matter organization around the country wanna have that debate, which I doubt it, I'm always open to have that debate. You know, coming out of the, coming out of Reconstruction, right? Coming into Reconstruction and moving out of Reconstruction because of the Black Codes and because of Jim Crow and because of the ugliness of this country, we built communities, we built schools, we owned our own businesses, we built our own churches because we understood that building community brings value. Brings value when you own your life, when you own your square, when you own your breath, when you own your body. It brings value. And what we did in the last 50 years, because we said if we have a political strategy or if we become more political and we put more people in office that look like us, 
that that's a gain for us. Well, that's not a gain for us. That was a failed experiment. We should have been working on building economic empowerment, ownership, owning our own space, owning our own community, owning our own voice. And we got away from that. That's what Du Bois, that's what not Du Bois, but that's what Marcus Garvey said. That's what Malcolm X said. That's what Martin Luther King said. It's about economic empowerment. And we got duped. We thought the civil rights movement was going to lead us into the promised land. And what did we do? We didn't do the things that were necessary for us to have power as a group. So the entertainment class is used against us. The pseudo intellectual is used against us, right? The black, not black media, but the black people that work for mainstream media lies to our people every day. We don't have community leaders anymore with a moral voice. So we don't have a church to go to to talk about the future of our nation and the future as a group. So now our churches are now owned by the government. You have black elected leaders saying, go turn your body over to big pharma. Go turn your body over to be experimented. So Black Lives Matter has no value for me. They don't speak for my people. They speak for who's paying them. I want to be very clear on that because I think people keep saying Black Lives Matter. And by the way, your white privilege is not a concern to me. All of a sudden now, you know, the, the, the corporate titans say, oh, you can speak about, you know, white privilege now. Or you can say those white people are bad now, but not us. We're the good ones. We're going to keep um, on perpetual um, welfare. We're going to take your food, but we're the good guys, not those guys that are fighting for their freedom. So you have to understand the game that's being played now. And a lot of us are buying it because we don't have a deeper understanding of history. That's why we're buying it. And that's why these conversations are important. Just two years ago, if I would have walked into a bank with a mask, I would have been killed. They would have killed me. Yeah. Just two years ago, if I would have marched down the street and tore up every public building and tore down statues, I would have been murdered. Mm -hmm. So this chaos is organized. Mm -hmm. You know what we call this? Maximum sophisticated confusion. The yeah, I agree. That's it's maximum sophisticated confusion. So, you know, when having my conversations about vaccines and commoditization of the black body, you know, our community is very, very sick. Not sick because of COVID, sick because of the things that we're doing to our bodies. We're not living a healthy life. We're not trying to figure out how to live a healthy life, which leads to a better soul, which leads to a better mind, which leads to a better community. You know what they said earlier on? More black people are dying of COVID than anyone in the world or any white person. Now that was a primer to convince black Americans, oh, we're dying from a virus. No, you're dying because you're unhealthy. You're dying because the same corporations that are telling you that have been using your black bodies as a profit center. That's why we have the chronic illness in our communities. That's why we have the chronic, the levels of autism we have in our communities. That's why we have the autoimmune diseases that we have. That's why we have the kids, because they've been experimenting on us from day one. So any black American out there that's saying, oh, more people are dying of COVID than any other group. Well, they're actually taking the talking points of Big Pharma and that to me, they're modern-day slave catchers. To me, they're war criminals. Because you know, if that was the case, I wouldn't be on here talking to you about this and saying that it's true or not true. I would be saying, hey, we got a problem. But we have been the profit centers for these industries for decades. And that is the truth. Now, if somebody wants to debate me on it, well, they can come on your show and debate me on it. But that's not going to happen.
Oh, <laughs> no, I probably will not. But I 100% yep. agree with what you're saying. Very powerful what you're saying and 100% spot on point as well. And I mean, it's it's labels that divide us. That's what they want because these elites that are, you know, we can go on about them all day long who are really controlling the system, not the fouches in the gates as you can go layers behind those people itself and they're really controlling it. They're very tight niche as it is, but they want us be a black, Jews, white, whatever it is. They want us all separate as much as we can, divide and conquer. Because they, they know they're in trouble if humanity properly starts coming together. If they stop for two seconds, looked over their head, they quite easily see who's pulling the strings in, the, in this wider agenda and this bigger game that's actually going on here itself. But I, there's so many areas I'd like to go down. I know we can talk about the transhumanist, transhumanist agenda as well. But what I want to talk one before I might get onto that later, if it comes back to me, is... Um, it goes on in recent decades, more so than ever, and even as we're speaking now, it's in the black community especially. Why, in your opinion, um, has basically it been coming down to one one parent? It's, it's almost it, the, the children are not growing up in these two-parent families you know, anymore like they were, and that's been disintegrating as time has went on. And What's your thoughts or your reasoning behind that? Because there's so many propaganda mainstream narratives out there, but I'd like to get it from someone like yourself. Well, here's, I'm going to give it to you as simple as possible. You know, black Americans cut a deal with a government that never had any compassion for it. So the prison industrial complex, let's just start right there. That process of taking black men off the streets and putting them in prison, right, for lifetime, for their, almost their lifetime, right, had an impact on our community. That's it. And the, the whole thing, the whole notion that this love affair that we have with the government, this welfare system that we embraced, was a part of the, the science, their, their institutional science to break up the family, to break up the black man, to break up, to, break up, to dis disconnect that black individual from the family. And they did a great job. <clears throat> but one of the things I'm concerned about is that black women in my community need to understand that this is what has happened and this is what the impact is and our families are broken. So when I see black women out there promoting the fact that, oh, we don't have husbands, or our men are not good, they're playing right into that narrative. See, when I have these discussions globally, I like to keep it simple. So we cut a deal with the government, right? To take welfare, right? To stop building our own communities, stop working about working on building our own schools, stop working on building our ability to own our square, to own everything that we have. And we, that deal, we see the remnants of it now, the impact of it now. So what I'm trying to say to all black Americans, all black people around the world, that family is essential. The father is essential, right? That nuclear family kept us together through all of the worst times in history. And for the mere fact that Black Lives Matter is saying that we don't believe the nuclear family, we should even entertain that tells you the global agenda to break up the family, to break up the community, to take our children away from us. Look what they're doing in these public schools in America. Look what they're doing right now to our children. So I think that we need to have a deeper conversation about that, but there's something that I, I wanna say on top of that. The black, black denial is the black dilemma. And so when you really wanna talk about how that has impacted our community, you can see it every day. Look at what's happening to our young men, fatherless young men. There are statistics out there that outline the impact of when you don't have a man in the home, right? When you don't have a nuclear family. Now they're telling us our kids, you can be whoever you want to be. So now you have black children, black girls, black boys saying, oh, I'm not happy with being a black boy. I'm not happy with being a black girl. Do you understand? That is very serious. That is all scientific. And guess what? I'm pushing back against it. 
and people in my community are pushing back against it. We understand the power of being unified. We understand the power of family. I grew up with a mother and father. Majority of my, of my friends had mothers and fathers. And if one of my friends didn't have mothers and fathers, my father became the father for that young man or that young woman. We understood what community was. We have this devil's deal that we've cut this marriage that we have with the government. It has to be broken. And any black American or any black group or any groups of people that start to talk like that, you're going to start seeing, a, a, you're going to start seeing the new modern day slave catchers that look like me saying, oh, well, we shouldn't have that conversation. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's black men just, just disappeared. You know, they just walked away from their families. I can't tell you what I really want to say about that, but that's not true. That's not true. Black Panthers proven, that's a, look at the Black Panthers and what they did in our community. Look what the Nation of Islam did. What the, look at what the black church was doing. They were fostering family. They were building their schools. They were building a sense of self. One of the things I put on my page, um, I think a month ago, <coughs> I said, black people are bonded by whiteness, not by blackness. And a lot of people were like, wow, what does he mean by that? Coming to this country in 1619 in the bottom of the ship, crossing that ocean, we have still not figured out that is important as a group to talk about what we need in this world, talk about where we need to be in this world. We have always been used as proxies for someone else's power. So that's why we don't have any power. So we are the proxies for transfers of wealth. We are the proxies for somebody else's political power. And they have used people that look like me to put separate us. So now the new movement of our time is for me to be working with you all to talk about how we can make all of our societies better. And that's what's important to me. So the black male has been annihilated in this country. Annihilated. I'm surprised I'm still normal. <laughs> so think about it. Every, every step, every process was to block us from progressing. So they said, if you go to school and get a college education, that's going to make you important. We'll come to find out 50 years later, that's not an economic equalizer. That is true. It's not. So if we were building our own, com our own communities, if we were integrating all the things we were learning in those schools, if we were saying we need to build a better society for all of us, we wouldn't be in a better, we would be in a better position now. So all of these black Americans that are telling you all of this other stuff, they're lying to you. They work for someone else. They don't work for you. Yeah, it's the media. The propaganda is extremely, it, it bears a brunt in everybody's life. Doesn't matter what color you are. And through this force or left 12 months, it's never been so more evident. They've entered the room now. They've shown their ugly face and they're here and they're alive and well, unfortunately. So it's, it's time for us to face that evil down. And uh, no, brilliant what we're doing and, and just drop all the labels. Just stop our differences. Just all come together because this is where we need to come together. And they're driving a wedge as much as they can be. The Black Lives Matter, political, whatever organization, we can label it all day long. I mean, there's so many areas we can we can get into as well but it's just like stop stop at the difference stop with color stop with gender stop with all the, all the nonsense and just we are all one human being and just come together like that to stop this global uh tyranny that that's upon us so i say i want to go into more with stuff transhumanism and all that but look, I'll, I'll hand it over to hartman before i go oh, anymore you know i love you know i love that issue go ahead yeah <laughs> i love that <laughs> um yes i Kevin, I can only say the same like uh, like Chris. Uh, your energy is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, so there's uh, so there are many so many dumb people. I, I I don't talk about our listeners, but there are so many dumb people, and with your energy, you hit them. Great. 
<laughs> I like it. I like it very much. <laughs> um, I want to also talk about the uh, maximum sophistic sophisticated confusion. Um, and this is, uh, and we have the reality and we have the mainstream. And the interesting thing is, for example, uh, we know that the mainstream or the politicians, they want to make the diversifications. And we have the fear concerning, we have on the one hand, we have the people who have the current fear concerning the coronavirus, yeah? Who, uh, who are so brainwashed that they say, I don't, I am not allowed to get it. I will take the vaccination in order to be, in order to, to stay healthy. <clears throat> this is the one. Then you have the employers who say, I don't care about the COVID. I need to, to think about my existence. And they're only thinking about this uh, existing uh, existence. Then we have the people who, let's say, the employees who do what the government is, te is, uh, is telling them. And then we have the people who, well, who tried like to live in an alternative way, who who have fear against the government. So these people are so every one of them has a fear, and they are quite focused on the fear, and so there is no communication between them. And then additionally, in the USA, you have the racism, yeah, which is a topic in the mainstream media, but on the other hand. Under um, let's say under the radar, there is racism. Yeah, for example, concerning the school education, concerning the let's say since the 70s or since the early 70s, we there is a education which is which has a communistic character in order to destroy the families and destroy the core of the families, etc. And especially uh, so that the people shall go on welfare and so on. And can you tell me? What is the reality in the U.S. concerning the solidarity among all the people together? How is the real situation? Well, right now in, in, in this country, in America, I, I think that there are people waking up. I think that there are people linking together, trying to figure out how we can start to push back against this tyranny. And that's what they don't want you to know. You know, global news, mainstream media in this country, they don't want you to know that majority of black Americans aren't running to take the inoculation of death, that they don't want you to know that you and all of us are talking around the world and communicating. That's why they're censoring us. They don't want you to know that, you know, we're moving past our fear and, you know, we're looking, we're taking the position of hope, love, and then action. They don't want you to know that. Um, they don't want you to know that we have more informed people around the world than we've ever had. And thank God to COVID, COVID took the covers off of our eyes. You know, COVID did something for us that we need to embrace. It took the cover off our eyes. We're now seeing who our neighbors really are. We're now seeing the people that we work for, who they really are. We now understand what the global reset is really about. We now understand all of the players that are in front of us, right? And what they're doing. So, you know, there's an enlightenment. There's a great awakening happening, even in us, even in me. You know, like, wow. You know what? If we would have done, if we would have been quiet or kept watching news and buying all of this stuff, 10 years, we would really be wiped out. Think about it. So COVID gave us the opportunity to really see and really pay attention to what's happening in the world. We were all not talking to each other. We weren't, we were in our bars, we were in our homes, we were watching our TV, we're going to work every day, you know, going to church, trying to raise our families. But see, one thing COVID did was alert us that we need to all be working together in a unified way, 
to push back against this global tyranny because it's real. It's right here in front of us. So I'm saying in this country, I think there's an awakening, just like it's an awakening in your country. But I still believe that we're a little slow. I think we got to ratchet up a little bit. I think we got to push back a little bit. I think we need to start to be a lot more angrier. Someone said to me yesterday when I was talking to them, and I love her. I mean, we had a great conversation. When she started hearing me talk a year ago, because I started trying to codify new language, connecting it to the vaccine narrative, the COVID narrative, but what does it really mean? Where are we going after this? And she said, Kevin, I thought, I thought you were angry. I said, oh, no, I'm absolutely angry. I'm furious that they believe that my body, they believe that my consciousness, they believe that my family, they believe that my hope belongs to them. I'm furious. And guess what? All of us on this panel should be furious. I don't, I don't want you to think that I'm happy. I am an unhappy black American. I'm pissed. Yes. And I am pissed that people right now are sitting home reading all of this garbage and saying, oh, my God, look what they're doing in Israel. Oh, my God, look what they're doing in California. Oh, my God, look what they're doing to our children. Are you, are you, are you serious? So that means that's not going to wake you up. That's not going to push you outside your house. That's not going to force you to pay attention. Are you kidding me? I am absolutely furious. And we should take that and put that in a positive way and push out there. So I think that parents now are waking up. They're seeing the damage that's happening to their children. But we should also understand that this distant learning is an industry that they're expanding so they can control our children. I think people are paying more attention to the healthcare system and saying, why are you giving me a shot? The inoculation of death that doesn't stop transmission, right? And we can go into that like a whole at a whole nother level, but it has a 99.9% .9 recovery rate. Why are you pushing this on us when you know it's not going to stop us from getting any virus? And that the only way we can help our bodies is to build a strong immune system. They're not talking about that on national news. They're not talking that about the, the media, the global elite are oppressing us and seeing if we, we're the great experiment right now. You talk about great awakening. We're the great experiment. So if they can keep us locked in our houses and not talking to each other and censoring us. That's Nazism. That's Marxism. That's socialism. And they Stalinism. all fell. But you know why they failed? Because people like us stood up against it. Look what's going to happen to our children. Think about this. Everybody take a deep breath. They are systematically destroying our children every day. And parents tell me, oh, I love my children. Really? Wow. Okay. I appreciate that. But let me tell you what they're doing to your child right now. Let me tell you the system they're putting in place right now. Let me tell you what the financial industries are getting ready to do with not just our bodies, but with our movements and how we work and how we live and how we own. So let me tell you. So that's what I think we should be doing. We should be showing everybody the system that they're building for us right to not just commoditize our bodies but to snatch our humanity away from us that's the thing this year is about exposing the infrastructure that they're putting in place and then taking the appropriate action so i hope the i interesting the very the, the difficult thing is to to catch the enemy yeah <laughs> it's not only the it's not only the politicians yeah for example it's um Let's say it this way. The problem is the employee, the employee who is used to do the job, who what he is told to do. 
And um, the situation, for example, today I saw a, a newspaper um, article in Germany where they said that the Commerzbank, which is a, one of the largest banks in Germany, will give accounts only to people who are vaccinated in 2022. So um, this means uh, all the employees will say, okay, if you are not vaccinated, we have to delete your account. So the problem is um, they only think in their box. And to expand this thinking from this people is, in my opinion, a very huge task as they went through an education system where they are not able to see the truth. Yeah. So that they cannot... Yeah, and then we can talk about the transhumanism because it is a, a completely new subject to to implement us to the 5G and to implement us to a to an artificial intelligence, which is an entity. And um, so well, uh, this is yeah. Well, you know, here's here's the deal. What they're doing now. Every time you pick up the paper, this is psychological warfare. Every time you pick up the paper, you hear oh. They're going to stop you from banking. Oh, they're going to stop you from traveling. Oh, so they're test. We're like mice to them. So they're testing our resolve. They're testing to see if we have the ability to fight back. They're testing to see if we have a deeper understanding of what's really, really happening. But they're also watching if we're prepared to divest ourselves from them. See what happened in apartheid, with apartheid in Africa, what happened in this. We've divested ourselves. See, it's time for us to divest ourselves from those systems that are working against us every day. So that's why we're looking at, you know, a new travel tech company factor that I'm a part of, right? How do we travel free? How do we breathe free, right? Think about it. Now when a bank tells us, oh, we're not going to, you're not going to be able to bank with us. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to create our own bank. See, because there's enough of us to do that. So when they start seeing us move that way, right, when they see us saying, we're not going to fly on your planes, when we're not going to bank with your banks, we're not going to eat your, we're not going to buy your food, we're going to buy this from people that believe in humanity, believe in, you know, mankind and believe in all the things we believe, they will start to change. But we're not ready to divest because we're lazy. We're not ready to divest because when we divest, we're like, oh, we're not part of the, the unhuman club. I don't want to be a part of that club. And politicians are nothing. Politicians are now, they listen, let me just say this to you about an elected official, because I know something about that. Your elected official right now that's not standing up in the square where you live at and saying this is wrong, should be kicked out. We, sh we know that majority of our elected officials, wherever we are now, chose a side, and it's not with us. We now know that our government has been purchased and bought off. So all of those leaders in your country that are not in those small rooms with you, that are not pushing their parliaments or their whatever groups that you formed in your country, they're not your friend. They chose a side. They chose a side. They chose big pharma. They chose big tech. They chose whatever that education cartel is in your community. They they have chosen a side. They don't know. They no longer represent us. So we have to divest ourselves from them. Not not when I say divest, like no, we're not going to do business with you. We're going to do business with them or this group that believes what we believe. We have to show that courage. The only way you break the backs of these people is to stop participating with them. They're going to take us off Facebook. Okay, fine. They're going to make us more powerful because now we're going to build an underground railroad that really makes sense. 
right? They're going to censor us. We're going to find another way to speak to the world. That's only making us more powerful. And when you take, when you censor a black guy, I love it. You're censoring a black guy. I mean, I tell people all the time, when you call me anti-vax, guess what? I'm anti-anything that's against humanity. I'm anti-anything that takes our ability to love our children. I'm anti-anything that takes my ability to move and travel. I'm anti-anything that's evil. If you want to call me a super spreader, I embrace it. I'm a super spreader of truth. That's it. And I'm surprised we're all so afraid. I am a super spreader of truth. That's it. I'm not running away from it. I'm embracing it. Imagine calling a black American a super spreader, a super spreader of disease. Well, that's the same thing they did in this country to me from this day. But my people in this country are still fighting for their full citizenship. And you're going to call a black man a super spreader? Are you kidding me? That's that's eugenics. What did they say? Something we were flawed individuals. We should not be of the world. We should be eliminated. The same thing they did in Nazi Germany, the same thing they did in every tyrannical government that we know that murdered, mass murdered and participated in genocide. All of your countries know what that is. But look what we've become. We're just lazy. We don't understand history is repeating itself. We're not going to fight back. We're going to intellectualize it. Are you kidding me? I am pissed off. Uh, we had last last Saturday we had Cyrus A. Passer on the show and he said a wonderful sentence if you don't believe you are communist because the communists don't believe in anything I'm and, use um, and this is in my opinion very interesting uh, because I can feel your energy and you, you say the truth and you don't care what's going on and this is to trust but the most people try to control every situation and they cannot control it And this is what they don't understand. So they have to they have to find a way to trust themselves by going on. Yeah. This is well, guess thank what? you so much. I, I gotta tell you this though. I mean, they're not gonna stop me. I come from a long line of leaders. I come from a community that valued me as a human being. I come from a community that fought against the tyranny of their time. And I gotta tell you, I am not shocked by what I'm seeing in the black community because I've seen this happen. Well, guess what? I think individually we can all play a role to really create some some synergy around truth and faith and justice, because what's happening to us now is an injustice. And so I got to tell you, I believe in my community and all around the world. People are going to start rising up and it's going to be painful. It's going to be scary. You're going to you're going to think that you're standing alone. But let me tell you all the people that are lonely. They're saying they're lonely right now. You're not lonely because we have a new tribe now. All of you are part of my new tribe. I didn't know you a year ago, right? I didn't know you. You didn't know me. You know, you didn't know the bald old man, right? So now we know each other. Think about what this, think about what's happening. We all know each other now. We can call each other. We can share history. We can share our feelings. We can share our thoughts. We can tell each other about how we feel about humanity. Now, all of you are taking humanity very serious now. You know, you're taking your breath very serious now. You're taking your relationship spiritually with God or whoever you believe in very seriously now because they want to take all of that away. Transhumanism, right, is disconnecting you from God. Transhumanism is disconnecting you from body sovereignty. Transhumanism is now suggesting that what God created is no longer good enough and we can expand, we can extend your life. So God's cycle 
of when we die and breathe and live is no longer good. We got something good for you guys like the new drug. And so when you're talking to people in the world, see, I think all of you are so smart. We can intellectualize this and really go deeper in. But when you're talking to the guy in your neighborhood, you got to talk to them differently. When you're talking to the guy that you in, you talk to them differently, right? So I'm saying we have to compartmentalize our language so we can get everybody to join us in the right way. Like compartmentalize who you're talking to in the, in the pub and understand that they need to get connected to what the great awakening is for us, not for what they want to do, the global reset. No, there's a great awakening to the tyranny of our time. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you, I, I, have, I have also many questions, but please, Roy, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, I love what you're saying, and uh, I totally agree that uh, we kind of have to attack them like the corporations, like even my son, my son is seven. Like I explained to him about Nestle. You know, when I saw a program that the CEO, I don't know, is he still the CEO, but of 20 years, basically saying that water shouldn't be a human right, we should be charging for it. <clears throat> And I look at the toxic ingredients, I let him know we are never buying anything from Nestle. And I also, like I hear a lot of people <clears throat> fighting the fight, but yet they their shares are in, their pensions are in all these big corporations in a pharmaceutical company. That's how we hurt them. And regarding the bank, we can all just move our money. So in Germany, if I heard that, I would just take my money out of that bank immediately. You can be sure they'll hurt. That will hurt them. So... I know we've discussed a lot of different things, but there's one thing, you know, regarding like uh, people are afraid. The current topic is the jab at the moment. And a lot of people don't realize that in, I think it was in 86, Reagan brought in a rule that there was no compensation from the pharmaceuticals. And recently, because I'm tracking it all around the world, all of the countries have done the exact same thing. So you might explain that to the audience. What is really interesting um, at, in 1986, when this was all, when this whole vaccine discussion started to really explode, the vaccine industry was losing money because they were able to be sued. They were able to be challenged. You know, they, their, their vaccines, you know, were looked at differently. So what did they do? What did they do? They came to, went to Reagan and they said to Reagan, we're going to be out of business. So you have to indemnify us from the terror that we're going to be putting on these people. And that's what he did. The federal government in this country, right, passed a law that indemnified a, a company from being sued, which then opened up the floodgates for the vaccine industry. CDC, they own vaccines. Fauci, Bill Gates, all of these companies knew they had the right now to destroy us as human beings. We were the profit centers for their trillions of dollars. So in 1986, changed everything. It gave them the free ride to do whatever they want to do. And now they want to expand that. And now in these cities, in these states in America, they have these emergency orders, which says this FDA not approved, you know, toxic, I mean, I call it inoculation of death, can now be experimented on, it, on us. And now those governments are identified because they're now in emergencies, um, um, an emergency, they are now in a, the emergency status. So now the reason why they're keeping us locked in our houses is because, and the reason why they keep these emergency orders on, because we're ex being experimented on. So the FDA hasn't even approved this. They just approved it for emergency use. 
So we have lawyers, we have doctors, we have professionals all around the world starting to challenge that and challenge that in, in, in this country. And it's starting to unravel. It's not unraveling quick enough. But just think about it. This industry has permission to basically kill all of us. So our chronic illness is directly atta attached to that. I don't know what your autism rates are in your country, but the autism rates in my community are off the charts. So black men, you earlier on, we talked about the black family. Well, the black family is being wiped out, right, in this way. Look at autism. We won't have, everybody knows in the world, if you've been studying this, that black people are impacted by vaccines even worse than any other group. Everybody, if you've been reading and paying attention to all of the data, all of the information, all of the truth seekers that are putting that out there, it's very simple. This is an attack on humanity, but look at the damage it's done to my community. Think about that. So we won't have any men left. Forget about you know families. We won't have any men left because autism is eviscerating black boys in my community, eviscerating them. So the industry has been profiting off our bodies for, from the very beginning. And that's why I'm saying to black Americans and white Americans and Germans and um, people that live in London, it's all about us now. We have to work together. Because all you have to do is look at my community and see. I don't, I don't think any of you want to have that damage to your children. Look what is happening. Use it as an example to mobilize. And I'm, I'm using your story to mobilize and talk in my community. This is happening all around the world. And the, the sad part is it's kind of self-regulated because, like, if you look at the, the FDA, which basically I think the whole world kind of copies that, you know, it's, it's funded by the, you know, big pharma. So we have the bad boys telling everyone around the world, yeah, do what we say. And we're, you know, we're kind of obliged to do it. Well, these government, these government agencies clearly don't work for us. And can I be honest with you guys? They never worked for us. And we're just paying attention to them now. The CDC, the World Health Organization, you know, NIH, you know, all of those guys, they've been doing their dirty deeds, Bill Gates, what's been happening in Africa. They eviscerated the continent, eviscerated it. And people are waking up in Africa. People are waking up in New Jersey. People are waking up. So I want to, you know, end this thing on the fact that there is some hope. I have some hope. But guess what? Hope without action, right? Hope without challenging the system means absolutely nothing. And if you can't fight for your children, really, what good are you? Because somebody fought for you. Somebody fought for me. If you can't fight for the future of your group, what good are you? Are you? If you're rationalizing death, if you're rationalizing misinformation, or if you're rationalizing the fact that we should comply, well, I guess what? You're my enemy. You're a war criminal. See, I call them what they are now. When I see black leaders, the wholesaling big pharma, that's a war criminal. That's a modern day slave catcher. I call them what they are. I don't intellectualize it anymore. I don't suggest that there's an opportunity for us to talk. They made a decision. They chose the side and history is on our side. History is on our side. I want everybody to know, everybody's listening. We are the true seekers of our time. We are the ones that are crossing the river. We are the ones that are fighting for injustice. We are the ones that are being attacked every day. And when you're doing God's work and you're fighting for what's right, they're going to attack you. That comes with the job, folks. There's no easy way to do this. And I want everybody to know, you've got to find your God courage. 
You got to dig deep on this one because this is it. You don't get a do-over. This is you don't get to come back and say, oh, because once they get their system in place, that's it. Once they system, see their system is not in place now. They expose themselves very quickly and very early. So we have a I think we have time, we have time now to push back. See, my speeches are going to be different. My messages are different now. We know that the vaccine was the primer. We know the damage that is done to our country. We know what they're priming our bodies for. We're prim they're priming our bodies for total domination. They're priming our bodies for the commoditization and profit profitization for their industries and for their pockets. They are Rocker, they are they are Rockefeller on steroids. None of our universities are telling the truth anymore. None of the medical industry, all of the doctors are fighting with this. They're censoring them and taking their license away from them. If you talk about anything that makes us healthy, that's censored. If we come together like this, they're censoring us, but it makes us more powerful. So I believe we're more powerful than we've ever been in, in the world. And I think we just need to say enough. Now look what's happening in Israel. Look, but just look, the very country Right, the very group of people that should understand this is participating in this tyranny. Look what's happening in my community. The very centers where we went to seek the truth is now been brought off and picked aside. So it's war all around the country, it's war all around the world. Bob Marley said it until we get equal rights, it's a war. I mean, come on, they were saying something back then, we're not saying anything now. We don't even have an artistic community that's writing and inspiring us and saying, you know what, guys, we're not going to, we're going to fight back. We're going to use our art to fight back. They've been bought off. So they don't get to come back to us after we win the battle saying, oh, I want to lend my voice. No, you complied. So God bless you. You lived in fear. God bless you. You chose them over humanity and my children. God bless you. I'm not, I'm not for that anymore. I know now that we have to push back in a very, very aggressive way. And guess what? None of us on this, this panel right now are violent people. We're loving people. We love humanity. We love, we love to breathe free. We love to worship the way we want to. We love to be with our families. They have taken that all the way because when we comply, when we comply for that little bit of time, they were getting away with their mass murder, their mass genocide, their mass control. And that's why I'm just, I'm prepared now. I really realized this, you know, and being prayerful and listening to the energy around the world and the universe that I'm prepared to fight back. And I mean that. And I'm not suffering any fools. I am very solid now. I really get it. It's like deep in my soul. You know, I'm not a politician. I know, but I know how I know how they operate. I've been in all of those places. I'm their human nag right now. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm their nag. I'm their nag because I know how they operate. I know who's paying them. I know how they think. I know how these industries work. I know the language that they're using to make us comfortable with the fact. Oh, you know, social impact bonds. Oh, private par private and public partnerships. Oh, no, 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 no. That is all language to take away our freedoms away from us. And I used to use that language, by the way, everyone. 
I come from the nonprofit sector. I come from the government sector. I come from the business sector. I come from the community. So I understand that language. And when my eyes opened up that I was being used as an instrument, right, to push this narrative out there, you know, I had a moment. So now I'm going to be fighting back against all of that language, all of those institutions. For the, I guess for the rest of my existence on this planet. <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. And we have to decide what side do we want to be on? Now I can't talk. Look, we can talk about the CDC all day. We could talk about Fauci all day. We could talk about Bill Gates all day. We could talk about Soros all day. We could talk about our government officials. It's been laid out there in front of us. We know it. We see it. We could talk about the impact of vaccines. We could talk about that all, all of it. But guess what? At the end of the road, we know one thing for certain, one thing for sure. If we don't fight back the world domination, right, the way that they're setting it up, we'll never get our freedoms again. Don't even think about it. And if you're complying, if you're complying, I don't care what your excuses are, you're going to die. And if you're complying, you're the same ones that are going to call the authorities on my folk, call the authorities on the people that are fighting for you. Now, I'm going to forgive you because I'm a good Christian, but I'm not going to tolerate you while you're doing that to me and my family. I'm just not going to do it. You know, and when people tell me they're losing their friends, I sympathize with them. I said, well, they were never your friends anyway. That was just a convenient relationship because your friends are defined by troubled moments, not the happiest moments. So I know I'm like, really, I'm just like, you know, I've been working with people all around the country and working on building new models for the future, you know, how to travel, how to live, how to eat, where to bank. I'm not wasting any time. Urban Global Health Alliance is not wasting any time. The truth seekers of the world, we're all aligned. I'm aligned with you. I'm aligned with your families, your children, where you worship, you know, but I'm not aligned with the people that are complying. God bless you. If you choose to do that, I wish, I wish you the best of luck. But you're not on my ship. I'm on a ship seeking justice. I'm not on a ship complying to the devil. I'm just not doing it. And that's going to be my message for the rest of my life on this earth. I'm never going to be comfortable again. I am going to be upset every day that we allow this to happen. That's you where and I'm me, at right you, now. You and, you and me both. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I better uh, pass it over to the angel that has put this together for us. Please, please let Grace out the stage. <laughs> Kevin. Hi. Thank you, Kevin. I, I don't know. You have already mentioned everything that needed to be mentioned, especially to empower people. But I want to share some comments from the audience because we have to bring them with them. We're, we're doing this because of everyone else, okay? And thank you, uh, I'm trying to get in the comments. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, um, I apologize for the people who went to Quantum Nurse YouTube. It's not streaming there. See, we're telling the truth, so it's not streaming, but it's okay. There's always a way. There's always a way, and this is one way. Okay, the 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 revolution evolution may not be televised, but there's always many ways, and that's how we we are now at this point. So someone reminded us about the FAFTA, the Freedom Airways uh, and yes. Freedom Travel Alliance, right? And that's yes. happening he, he, by under Dr. Uh, Dolores Cahill. And she kind of reminds me, she's a powerful woman. And she, once we get her, she really 
uh, attracted many supporters from all over the world. So fret not, we will be traveling on our own way. And of course, um, people, friends from Urban Global Health Alliance gives us support for us. And there's also someone who mentioned about the New Jersey bill, uh, 52333, they can kill, kill us and no one is held liable and can't be sued. And there's too many people yeah. Uh, the world was screaming to stop, pause, and slow down on vaccines since 2019 and before that, and then became COVID. And Bill Gates now wants to block the sun and give us synthetic meat. So all, all these are really encouraging and truthful comments, and thank you. Well, um, I want to spend a couple of seconds with fact. I want everybody to understand that Susan Sweeting, my CEO, Urban Global Health Alliance, has been pushing us to not worry about now, but worry about the future. And Freedom Travel Alliance is an evolving ecosystem, right? So we're looking at what travel looks like, you know, from this day moving forward. And I have to tell you something, it's one of the things that I'm most proud of because it allows us to think beyond where we are. It, be, it, it gives us the ability to build an infrastructure where we're just not gonna allow them to take our ability to move and to be free we're now going to build a platform, a technology platform, a travel platform that's membership based, you know, that's membership based that now allows us to communicate with each other and build an infrastructure that will allow us to travel in a free way. So when creating this, this, this company, I got to tell you, it's only 50 days old. And what we have done in 50 days and our new members that has been joining us, it's been an incredible experience. And we're just going to grow, you know, and we're just going to expand. So this ecosystem of how we travel, how we communicate with each other, how we break these bar the barriers of tyranny is very, very important. So we're not sitting around and waiting for them to take our freedoms away from us. We are creating a platform, a technology platform, a travel technology platform that's membership based. And we're going to build not just information to get you around the world, but we're going to build an infrastructure and that ecosystem to travel freely. So we're not going to let United tell us we got to be masked up and we have to take their tests and we have to be guinea pigs for them. We're going to create the opportunity for people and our new members to do that. So in 2021, this year, we're going to be working on that. And Because think about it, freedom of movement without hindrance or discrimination. That's one of our missions. That's one of our values. And I'm happy to be a partner in FAFTA and proud of it. And we're going to be expanding factor and we're going to be educating people around the world and we're going to be advocates for them. And we're going to be educating um, people around the world on how to travel. But we also want to create the environment where we can fly you wherever you have to go. But we're going to be flying you to countries that share our values. We're going to be flying you to cities that understand that a healthy body and a healthy community leads to a healthy society. And we're going to continue to work on that. So please go to FAFTAfreedomairway.com and become a member. Join us, go to Urban Global Health Alliance, www.urbanglobalhealthalliance.com. Please, we want you to contribute to us. We want you to become our partners. We want you to give us your information so we can keep sharing you know, the powerful truth about what's happening in our personal lives, what's happening in our communities. And we're gonna be disruptors. You know, Urban Global Health Alliance you know, sat in a room a year ago and said, no, we're gonna be disruptors. And that's how FAFTA came about. Now we're looking at how do we build new schools? Now we're looking at about how do we bank? We're not going to sit around. We're going to kick butt. I'm a, I'm a man of action. I don't want to sit around and whine and complain. Um, we're going to work. We're going to kick butt. I can't say what I really want to say, but we're going to kick butt. 
And I got to tell you, I'm very proud of my partners at FAFTA, and I'm very proud of my partners um, at Urban Global Health Alliance, and I'm very proud of all of the freedom-seeking people around the world that are talking about what our future looks like, not the future they want for us. So innovation, disruptive, I understand that. You know, I grew up in a community that empowered me to lead, empowered me to understand business, understand what education really was. It was not just going to college, but learning the world, learning and speaking to people around the world and understanding their experiences. So we have to do some reengineering of our thinking too. You know, we have to start thinking differently. We have to start saying, hey, you know what? We can build a new bank. We can build a new school. We can build a new community. We don't want to go back to the normal. We want to create a global new normal. You know, we need to reset ourselves. So reset the great awakening should be now changed to the re great awakening of change. Thank you so much, Kevin. I'm glad I have a hope to visit the Philippines at some point. <laughs> well, see, well, see that, 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 that's exactly, you know, um, what I'm talking about. And guess what? If we work together, right? If we work together, we can get there. Yes. Well, so, you and, know, I'm sorry, go ahead, I'm sorry. And, and, and I even, I know one of the best learning ways for me growing up was traveling traveling from one village to another. Then I came now to United States. So traveling from different cultures because uh, different countries with different cultures, because there is one thing in common is for indigenous people, we have common issues of being colonized and being oppressed. So, and, and I know that there's many Filipinos who came to United States and to other countries in the world that have that awareness then what the happened is that they started some NGOs projects. So now with that NGOs, they continue to receive some funding. Now, but what I understand is there not all NGOs are good or working for your benefit because it actually reminds me of IMFs, World Banks, monitoring, deciding on how you will have to use that money. But the sad part is what they can do right now, like I'm, I'm part of this community in, the, in New York, that the, all they can do is do some art classes or dance classes, but they never will talk about how they seem not to see or they just refuse to see that it is really part of the agenda. The one that they've been fighting against is the one now monitoring all of this. So please, again, explain about the community development funding coming from all the other institutions that have been oppressing us. Well, I, let me confess um, openly that I was a part of that community. I used all of that language. I was a marketer of that language. There is no healthy NGO. None of those organizations are working on our behalf. <laughs> and what they've done is that they've been working in a very, very seamless and strategic way to take our ability to own, to take our ability to own our own institutions. And they came into those communities and they funded all of these institutions, giving people the impression that they wanted to create a better world. And they did for themselves, not for the people they were saying they were trying to help. So no NGO is good whatsoever. 
None of those institutions that are supported by major corporations or major individuals, like none of them are working for us. They never did. So this, when I say the word commoditization, I think when, you know, when I was saying it earlier, it was about the body. No, they're creating an infrastructure with all of that language, all of that social language, right? That, 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 that language that gives us a cuddly feeling, private public partnership, building a better future together, you know, social impact funds, you know, how do we create a high impact? All of that language was scientifically done to put us to sleep, to take our ability to fund our own organizations, to take our ability to be able to see our own communities as emerging markets. And the more we took that money, the more we used that language, right? They were winning. We should all be pushing back against all of it. That's how Gates did what he did in Africa. The corrupt politician, the corrupt health agencies, they took his money and then they put that language out in the marketplace. Just like our banks, community development fund, growing together, you know, building a, a better education system. None of that, not any of it was good for us to accept. But see, I understand their language. I get it. And so now we have to detach ourselves from that thinking. I'm like, like today, not tomorrow. Because the banking system, the healthcare system, the education system, the nonprofit sector, right? The nonprofit industrial um, complex, all of them now have been locked and loaded. They have now been formed. They're now breathing life into their strategy. And that is to take our ability to earn, our ability to own, our ability to educate our own children, our ability to build our own communities. We no longer have that power because we gave all of that to them. We have to run them out of our centers of our, in our communities. We have to run them out technically because all the language is there. Private, public partnership. Now look at your churches now. Look at the churches that you once went to to have a bigger conversation and build community. They closed up for a year. Now they're opening up to inoculate you with, I call it the inoculation of death. So they, 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 they made a decision. So all of that community development language, all of that economic development language, you know, all of that stuff that I promoted, absolute lie. And now your hospitals now or your nonprofit centers and the funders of nonprofits, think about it. We used to build our own nonprofits to service our own communities and we had the ability to raise money but when they started giving us money, we forgot about our real vision and our real purpose because we became administrators of their bad messaging that was going to um, put us into slavery. And I, Kevin Jenkins, was a promoter of that language. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, honestly, when I looked at your website first, I want to make sure that <laughs> you, you're not really in that promotion. Then, of course, because I kind of sense that, okay, who knows? Let's check him out. <laughs> so, but I do well, I think know. Everybody should be checked out. I mean, <laughs> listen, I got to tell you, people that are listening to this in my country that know me, right? They're petrified of what I'm saying because it exposes all of us, even in your country. We, we're exposing all of them. So really, on one hand, I thank God that I was inside, right? And the, you know my spiritual awakening and what I'm seeing happening in the world, I thank God that, you know, I had, I saw that. And there's a lot of people now breaking this down. I want everybody to go on book of hours and check out the, the, the video clips that they're using that is explaining the system that's being built. 
You know, I've had the ability to talk to some of the most brilliant people on the planet in the last year. Truth seekers, people fighting for freedom, but people that are high level professionals and what they're doing and what guess what they did? They put their lives and careers on the line for us. Think about that. They're being censored, they're being fired, their license is being taken away from them. Think about it. They cannot travel anymore. They're taking their ability to make a living. And we're all sitting back intellectualizing it. They put their lives on the line. And I'm ready to put my life on the line. So it doesn't, I understand the game inside and out. So I'm very comfortable right now at my age and the time in, in my life to be able to push back against this. And I dare anyone, any black doctor, any black pseudo intellectual, any black people from the political class, anybody from the fake entertainment class, the soulless class, the over, the over, I call it the, somebody called it something the other day that I can't remember, but those overseers that are now using big pharma, big tech, I dare any one of them to think that they're going to get away with that. They're not getting away with this whatsoever. And any group, anywhere you sit, if you're in London, if you're in Germany, if you're in Asia, we should be very clear that you're not going to win this. We're going to fight you every day. And just before I pass it on to Steve, and th thank you, Kevin, just keep on talking. That's all I say. But let me just share again some comments from the audience and uh, because it's important comments like this one. The LGBTQ curriculum is part of the agenda and not this Equality Act. Not sure if I said not sure if it's worth it. But yeah, those are the things that people have to think about. There's suddenly there's all endorsement for the LGBTQ. So mm, you have to think of that. And um, there are other conversations um, between Kevin and Alison McDowell. And I did have a conversation with her as well. And oh. we're going to have we're going to have Allison also to uh, the platform at some point. She said yes already. <laughs> and and um, also, I says, yes, the FDA or CDC mentioned bringing in church leaders to get trust from the community and to inspire uh, other people and also all of us. In I was in a meeting in New Jersey, so people are gathering locally as part of the New Jersey freedom and uh, make Americans free again and doing some actions, little actions, but it's really interesting and it's going to happen sometimes individually and sometimes by group. So thank you, Steve. Okay. Wow. Amazing. Kevin, amazing. I mean, I like it because in short, non-compliance, stand up, uh, you know, because I want to focus on, you know, the ignorance and it's hard to, you know, these people don't see the truth, but basically just non-compliance, stand up and, and know your rights and, and just keep going. Just keep plotting one foot in front of the other. Can I tell you a story before I go? Sure. I had something happen to me a couple of weeks ago, and I know it was uh, a deeper spiritual awakening because I'm going through this every day, even while talking to you. You know, I'm just evolving through this experience. And I was asked to speak at this university, um, some beautiful young people, older people at this university in Florida called um, the River um, University, now, which I was not prepared to. I'm telling this story because I'm trying to tell it everywhere I go. And I really wasn't prepared to give a speech, but the pastor who I have profound respect for, 
Pastor Rodney Brown from the um, Revival of um, the River Church in Florida. I'm inspired by what he's doing um, with his people in his church. And he was one of the first pastors in the country that stood, took a stand against this tyranny. And his church and God has rewarded him with just enormous power and, and, and an enormous message for people in the country that when you stand up against tyranny, God will be standing with you. So in this moment, I was asked by one of my board members, Lisa Hill, like, what are you gonna be talking about while I was sitting there? And I, I didn't have any idea actually, guys, but I knew I had to say something important to those young people and those people that were you know, in a space, you know, trying to understand the relationship with God, but also build a professional career where they can be used as instruments to build a better future for all of us. So I remembered going to their church that Sunday and their church was built on two rivers and their church is called, you know, the River Church. And and then, and the same thing, their, their university is called the same thing, the university. So I said, you know, I kind of thought about my experience um, and my people's experience coming into the, this country from being free, being leaders, being kings, being scientists, being taken away and brought in the bottom of a ship over an ocean to um, other countries, but in particular America, where my, where my ancestors, you could, you could say the same thing about Brazil or Jamaica or whatever. So I thought about my ancestors coming in the bottom of that ship over that ocean. And then I thought about them, you know, being slaves and being commoditized and being controlled but I kind of moved past that quickly because I realized that all of the great leaders of my time, Martin Luther King, Marcus Garvey, Ida B. Wells, Fannie Lou, I could go on, Dr. Henry Clark, some of the greatest scientists and thinkers of my time, put their lives on the line for us, right? So in, 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 my, in, my, my, in my community, when we had to seek freedom, we had to cross the river. We came here in the bottom of a ship across the ocean but to seek freedom and to fight against injustice, we have to cross the river. So if you know anything about being a slave, when we ran, we had to cross the river. We had to cross water. We had to, we had to keep running. So in my, in how I felt, the speech I gave was, now are we prepared to cross that river? Are we prepared to move past our comfortability? Are we prepared to cross that river to fight injustice and to free ourselves from the tyranny of our time? So we all have to ask ourselves that question. Are we prepared to cross that river? Are we prepared to take people that we love to cross that river to seek freedom, to seek hope, to seek all the things that we knew if we were set free and if we took that risk, right, the impact it would have on our community and our society. And I think that a lot of us have gotten so complacent that we don't want to cross that river to fight injustice. We don't want to cross that river to sacrifice ourselves for what we know is true that if we don't cross that river, we will we will be perpetual slaves. So I'm asking everyone at home, it's time to take that risk, cross that river. Take a deep breath. I know it's scary, but cross that river. And I just pray that everybody understands that if we don't cross that river together, if we don't join hands and find our God courage, that the tyrannous of this time will win. And I thank all of you. Wow. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you uh, to the audience. And uh, this is a, a place uh, we can finish up. And everyone, noncompliance is the answer in crossing the river. And don't stop. And uh, again, we appreciate your time. Next week on Saturday, we have Dr. Eric Napute, um, who is a wellness warrior. And we also have uh, Tuesday, 2 p.m., 
um, the other Freedom Broadcasters show. So I can't thank you enough. And again, with gratitude, um, uh, carry on and, and may, may we uh, defeat the new world order. Thank you. And by the way, make sure I'm going to make sure I'm linked because I want to show all of your shows on our Urban Global platform. Um, because at Urban Global Health Alliance, we're about, look, building a healthy community and healthy, which leads to a healthy society. So come and join us, www.urbanglobalhealthalliance. You know, we need your support, you know, whatever you can contribute to us. Because what we do is we take every penny and we put it on the streets. You know, and God bless all of you. Thank you. Thank um, you so much. Did you have any, any more few comments from others, I think? Uh, your heart do you have any more suggestion i just uh, got the idea um because kevin you know the language of the government and this is interesting because um let's say it this way we the normal people or we have the knowledge but the problem is if we go to the government we don't have well we don't we can't we can't reach them yeah and I got the idea that it would be very interesting if you would make, uh, if you, yeah, if you would, if you make a, a seminar or a webinar <laughs> for this language. So in order to get them, because that's a very good idea. Because we need, you know we need we need the we we need the vocabulary for for getting these people in the right position. You know what? I'm going to talk to Allison McDowell and some other people because I think that you're right. We need to really break this language down. And I'm going to talk to them because I got to tell you, I mean, right now around the country and around the world, what we discussed with her several months ago is now in action. Everybody sees it. So you're right. I'm going to talk to them about that. I'm going to talk to Susan and my team at Urban Global, and I'm going to see if we can do that. I'm going to need some of your help to put it out there globally, but I, I think you're absolutely correct. I'm going to work on that. You have my word on that. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Is, thank, thank, you. Th thank you, everyone. And um, uh, for our audience, sorry if we cannot bring all your comments to the front, but please continue the conversation because other people after, of course, look at this video and they look at the comments as well. So don't hesitate. And um, yep, we cannot just, as I used to say before with the originally with, with this group, Kevin, I don't want to do a lot of intellectual masturbation, but I want action. <laughs> okay. I, you know what, this is all about the call to action, right? You know, what is the call to action? Like, you know, what is it? And you know, when you do the, I, I think you're absolutely correct because we spend too much time doing that. So you're right. What is the call to action? What do you want people to do? After every show, you should give them something specific to do. And um, they're waiting for me at my next meeting. But listen, God bless you. And if you can send me all of your emails and so we can communicate, I'll communicate with you. And we'll start building a not just a, a village in our own communities, but a global village of truth. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so Excellent, much. Kevin. Thank you Thank so you much. Kevin. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. I God bless Thank you. Thank you.